Coming up on NRL Teams, David Fafida will be a Titan next year, but will he return to the Broncos lineup for the first time since March as Anthony Seabold is forced to shake up his spine once again? Latrell Mitchell returns from suspension for South Sydney just in time as we celebrate Indigenous Round in the NRL. And will we see a double boost for the Green Machine as a returning Raider and Canberra's newest recruit push for selection? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Yes, a very special week on the Rugby League calendar this week. Indigenous round, Robbie Farah, Brett Kamali. We've got the ball here, yes. some new colour schemes. Uh, it is a great round to celebrate. So I've asked you both to tell me who your favourite player to watch is in the modern day game in, term, in terms of yeah. Indigenous players. Who's your favourite? Josh Haddock, uh, the Fox, the speedster. Uh, obviously does a lot of the hard work, does a lot of the tackle two carries. Uh, a freak when he gets in open space and the smile on his face. He just loves playing. Uh, I believe it's his birthday today as well. So he's celebrating a little birthday wish today up there on the Sunshine Coast, I'd imagine. Gee, he's throwing out a couple of stats as well. Research. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Robbie, who have you gone with? Hopefully yeah, we see at, a try oh, score celebration. I'll shake a leg. Yeah, he loves I've, it. Uh, I've gone with a former teammate of mine, Cody Walker at the, at the Bunnies. I just uh, I love the way he plays. He's a very instinctive footy player. Uh, just a natural, natural athlete and... Um, can just create something out of nothing and not in his best form at the moment, but hopefully we'll see the best of Cody Walker this weekend in, in Indigenous round. I spoke to Steve Renoff earlier this week, who is one of the, the greatest Indigenous players to play the game. He said the representation of Indigenous players in the modern day game is like something he's never seen before. Yeah, it's some, like some of the greatest athletes in the history of our game and currently as well are, are Indigenous and uh, it's, it's a great week to, to celebrate uh, yeah, their culture and, and what they bring uh, to the great game of rugby league. Okay, uh, before we look forward to Indigenous Round, we've got to look back to see who uh, Robbie and Noddy had as their predictions for last week. Uh, I've got Brett Morris, Bradman Best and Brett Naden all to score hat-tricks. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of blowout scores this weekend. So oh. I think the Storm... Uh, sorry, I'm going through the team list again. The Roosters, I think that'll be a cricket score, to be honest. The Roosters in a tight one. 18 points to 10. 4, 10 13 plus. 20 plus. <laughs> now, you got caught uh, up in Noddy's condition of trying to go too yeah, bold too early. Too uh, I went too big. The Warriors surprised me. They, they, yeah, they, they did well. They did well. I, I was expecting that to be a cricket score, as I, as I mentioned. But, uh, yeah, Roosters got away in a tight one there. OK, so that was my favourite time of the week. Uh, MVP votes for last week. Yeah, I, I, th I thought it was a couple of good players. Some of the halves are standing out with the, the, the quickness of the attacks. I had Mitchell Moses coming back for one point. Uh, Sean Johnson, I think he's in career best form. I uh, gave him two points. And Jack White, the man for the Raiders, I thought it was a huge victory for him. Uh, I didn't know what way this game was going to go. Uh, they're changing how they attack. Obviously, not much is off Josh Hodgson or, or can't come off Josh Hodgson anymore. So I uh, just thought Jack White and this stood up and he got my three points. Seems like when the green machine are on, Jack Whiten is on. Uh, do any of those men feature in your three, two and one? They actually don't. I've got a completely different three this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, my one's gone to a very underrated Isaiah Yo. Uh, my two points to Cameron Smith, who just keeps on keeping on. And three points, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, who for me is just in career best form and leading the Parramatta side from the front. I mean, you, you look at his form of last year and you look how he's playing this year. He's really made a difference uh, to his own game and um, the Eels are playing good for off the back of it. shouldn't be allowed to score tries like this. Have you had a chat to the, the Tigers about letting him through so easily? Yeah, that was... Um, <laughs> I think I've got Adam Dewey there. I've got to give him a, yeah. a few pointers there. But, uh, 
Look, it's a, it's a great effort for a front rower to, to go through and, and have the speed to get there is incredible. And he's playing such long minutes. Like, his fitness, I think last week he played, or the week before he played 80 minutes. On the weekend he played, I think, 68 minutes straight. So to, to have that work rate and still come up with something like that, it's pretty incredible. We, we will look at Regan Kenny. When you wear that moustache, though, you've got to play good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should grow one. No, okay, uh, let's look at the, lead, <laughs> uh, the MVP leaderboard. Have we? Uh, we haven't seen it for a couple of weeks, given all the topics we've been talking about off the top of the show. But Nathan Cleary, what a stellar season he's having uh, for the Penrith Panthers. James Tedesco, Sean Johnson, who was under fire at the start of the year, but Noddy just said he's back in career best form. Benji Marshall, Harry Grant, Kalen Ponga, Josh Morris, Tom Trebojevic. Who's going to take it out? Uh, we're past the halfway mark. Will Nathan Cleary hold on? I think so. I think Penrith's in great form and he's obviously um, you know, the leader of that side. So as long as they keep winning, he's just going to keep polling some points. I agree. You agree? Nathan Cleary going to take it out. Maybe he'll do the Daly M MVP NRL teams double. Uh, that buzzer means the teams are officially in for Indigenous round. Let's kick things off. The Dragons against the Rabbitohs. Uh, and look at the uh, Dragons first, the home side. Ben Hunt is back in the number seven jersey for the first time since round three with Adam Clune ruled out after failing his HIA protocol. That sees skipper Cameron McInnes return to hooker. Tarek Sims and Jordan Pereira return from suspension, while Tristan Saylor is in the 17 for the first time this year. And a special shout-out to Corey Norman, who will play his 200th NRL match this weekend. Just in time for Indigenous round, a big in for the Bunnies at full-back, with Latrell Mitchell returning from a two-week ban. Alex Johnston has been named, but he will need to pass his HIA protocols as well to take place on the wing. The loss of Harme Sele to a shoulder injury has been offset by the return of Liam Knight, who comes back after missing three weeks with an ankle injury. Ben Hunt back in the seven. He spent a fair bit of time and he's been uh, quite good at hooker, but this is his chance to shine. Uh, he wants this jersey, I guess. Will he have a standout performance? I think he's a better dummy half. I, I think the, tiger, uh, the, 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 the Dragons have been going great the last few weeks. Cameron McGuinness, um, leg speed, you know, that... that that power through the middle. I think Ben Hunt has been a wonderful dummy half. Um, I thought the end of the game last week when the Dragons looked like winning this game and stealing it very late, Ben Hunt did play halfback and I thought they were a little bit poor. I, th I thought they lacked some poor ends of the set and didn't ask as many questions. I love him at dummy half because the choice to run gets made by the play the ball, Robbie. Like, mm. He doesn't have to steer anyone around, doesn't have to control his team. Uh, it's all done in front of him. So yeah, I, th I think Adam Clune's done a wonderful job steering the team around, building a game plan and making his tackles. So I would have tried to have stayed the other way if I could have. OK, what about uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell? Will we see his best game as a bunny given it is Indigenous round and he's had a couple of weeks to think about his action against the Tigers? Yeah, oh, I think so. They obviously uh, know that he's let the side down the last couple of weeks having, having to sit on the sidelines. And, and as you mentioned, being Indigenous round is going to bring out the best of him. He's, he's, a, he's proud of his, um, his culture and his heritage and uh, I know how much this week will mean to him. So... Uh, yeah, he's going to come back with a point to prove and I, I think it is going to bring out the best in him this weekend. And that man, Cody Walker, who you said is uh, your favourite player to watch in the modern game, he'll need a big game this weekend. The Rabbitohs, given they are one and five against top eight sides, their only win against the top eight side came back in round one against the Sharks. Their next uh, few games, they've got the Dragons, Broncos, Cowboys and Seagulls. Then tougher opposition at the back end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Is this a mini final for Wayne Bennett's men? Yeah, definitely. And, and they've been a little bit below par. We mentioned about their forwards. Is that we thought they were a bit weak on in the forwards. They've been, as you said, they beat the sides below them. They can't beat the sides above them. Um, so it's a big opportunity. They get Latrell back this week, which is a huge in. Uh, the next month of football will get them out of that 
bottom of the ladder position or bottom of the top eight position and give them a little bit of comfort because the, the last few weeks are going to be tough. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a crucial month for the for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. I actually think their forwards have been going okay Yeah, considering you know, the lack of experience they've got. I, I think Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker, Damian Cook really need to step up and lead this side. I think their spine has been performing a bit under par the last uh, few weeks and yeah, they need to perform and perform at their best if, if the Rabbitohs are going to make a run for the eight. Yeah, Tom Burgess was great on the weekend. Uh, Joseph Suwali, plenty of talk around uh, the Rabbitohs' young gun. Uh, today, Nathan Cleary said that if you're uh, good enough, you're old enough to play in the NRL. Wade Graham said we shouldn't be bending the rules after the NRL said uh, they're looking at potentially letting him play before he's 18. Robbie, where do you stand on this issue? I think there should be one rule for all, and I, I agree. If you're if you're good enough, you, you're old enough. So, whether it's um, no, I don't think they should be bending the rules just for him. I think if they're going to change the rule, it's got to be straight across the board. Noddy, do you agree? Well, I think 18 is when you're allowed to go out and you're legally can drink, for example, you become an adult, as they say. So I'm happy for them to keep the age of 18. I don't like them going younger and, and making some differences player by player ratio. I I, I think. The last couple of people I remember throughout my career who have made their debuts very early haven't had long careers. It puts a lot of pressure on a kid that hasn't grown into, into his body or a lot of pressure on someone to perform against men. So don't change the rule at the cost of losing a superstar of the future, potentially. If he wants to play rugby league, you'll play rugby league. Simple as that. All right, well said, gents. Uh, got to push on to Friday night footy. We've got the West Tigers against the Warriors. This game has been moved from Campbelltown to the SCG. All Gadigal country, as you can see there, all of our head-to-head -head graphics show the traditional custodians of the land. Let's look at uh, the West Tigers team sheet. Josh Reynolds is available after serving a two-match suspension but hasn't been named in Michael Maguire's game day squad. He's in jersey 18. Billy Walters remains at 5'8", with Luke Brooks on the bench. Oliver Clark earns a start after Russell Packer was hit with a one-match ban, his second suspension of the season. Luke Garner is back after missing last week with delayed concussion, while Alex Twole will play his first game since injuring his knee against the North Queensland Cowboys in round six. That means Sam McIntyre drops the bench, while Tom McKayley is named to return via the interchange. After missing last week, Patrick Herbert returns to the wing for the Warriors, while on loan eel, George Jennings has been sworn straight in onto the other flank. His Parramatta slash Warriors teammate for now, Daniel Alvaro, has also earned a start on the bench alongside Wade Egan, who returns from a hip injury. Isaiah Papali'i drops to the interchange. Now, Michael Maguire had a very, very tough decision to make around his halves. Mm. Uh, Josh Reynolds is a good mate of yours. Has Michael Maguire made the right decision? Well, he's the coach, and, and that's the way he's gone uh, with things this week. Obviously, Billy Walters has been doing a, you know, a, a steady job in the last couple of weeks while Josh has been out. Um, you know, I'd like to see Josh in the 17th, possibly on the bench even. I think he adds a lot more value utility-wise to the side than Luke Brooks. I think Brooks, you can only come on and play in the halves, whereas with Grubb, you can throw him in at dummy half, you can throw him in the halves, you could probably throw him in at lock at a pinch. Um, so for me, I think um, you know, Grub, and we, and we still might see Grub move into the 17 uh, before Friday night. Is that inside mail? No, it's not that... at all. No, no, it's, it's just with my coach's hat on. So <laughs> <laughs> match how it's done. Uh, just on Luke Brooks yeah. then, if, if Grub shows more potential as a utility player on the bench, how big a week is this for Luke Brooks? It's a huge week, yeah. yeah. And again, it's hard for Harry Grant, you know, it's his first year playing down the road, expecting him to play 80 minutes for 18 rounds of football or 15 rounds of football whenever the, the, the swap over happens. So it's tough. Um, 
I think Michael Maguire is, again, we keep saying he's trying to raise the bar and raise the consistency and challenge all the rest of the players. So he's made some tough calls and so far all those calls have worked for him. All right. Uh, Jack Hetherington, he's going to be a warrior for the next uh, four weeks after extending his loan deal with the club. If you were on the board of the Warriors, would you be saying, Jack, don't go back to the Panthers we want you and need you long term. I'd be saying that for sure. It was great that he took the battle to JWH last week. I think he's got bigger as well. Like he's obviously his father was a large human and really tough player. Um, Jack Everything can't get a settle at the Penrith side. They've got a star-started roster. You'd be reason to say, you know, mate, I, I want to have a career. I think I've, I've I've shown that I'm good enough to start and. Front row is his position. I was unsure whether he was going to be a front row or back row, but to see the performance last week. He'll get a bit bigger again. He'll grow into that frame. He'll, he'll understand the presence of a front row. It was a, it was a good performance last week. Yep, a brave, brave man taking on Jared, but he did uh, very, very well up on the Gold Coast. We've got to turn our attention to the late game on Friday night. Much watch uh, television every time the Broncos play at the moment. They take on the Sharks Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. Big news, Brody Croft is out with a shoulder injury. Now, he's been battling an AC joint injury and the Broncos are hopeful it's not long-term. So that opens the door for Darius Boyd to start at fullback for the first time since round 16 last year. It also means Anthony Milford is back in the halves. Herbie Farnworth slots into the centres with Richie Kenner returning to the wing. As you can see there, no David Fafida, who is still battling a knee injury. But Jake Turpin is a big in at hooker, chosen ahead of Isaac Luke, who is also back from a one-match ban. Ethan Ballymore is also on the bench for his first game since round four. Let's look at the Sharkies. He missed the win over the Dragons with hamstring tightness. But Josh Dugan is back to play his 200th NRL match. Jesse Ramian will also line up after failing to finish that game on Saturday night with the same issue. The calf injury to Chad Townsend means uh, he's missing with Connor Tracy stepping in at halfback. Townsend is set to miss a month or so. Britton Nakora returns from suspension with Sifa Talakai back to the bench. And Dugan isn't the only Shark playing his 200th game. Former West Tiger, Robbie's old teammate, Aaron Woods, is also running out for the same milestone. Now, Brody Croft, as I said, he's out injured with their season gone. Darius Boyd moving to fullback. Is, is this the last roll of the dice for Darius, given the pressure he's been on under playing centre? Oh, they're, under, they're all under enormous pressure. They've been kick peeled the posts up there in Brisbane. They're expected to be a side. You know, as you said, Brody Croft has been playing injured for a number of weeks, and maybe that's affected his performance as well. Darius Boyd should feel comfortable. He's played fullback his whole life. Um, it's a role that he traditionally plays. He knows how to set a defensive line, which we spoke about last week. He knows how to run a sweep line, short ball, long ball off the back of him. Um, I would have thought playing centre would be a massively unusual position for him and he probably hasn't come up to scratch as, as the rest of his teammates haven't in 2020. Well, I think the rest of the team will feel a lot more comfortable with Darius at the back. Yeah. He's obviously an experienced voice. Uh, you know, he'll be sorting numbers out, he'll be talking, especially getting things organised in the defensive line, which I think is going to be a massive bonus for them. Um, so I think it's the right move having him back in you know a familiar role in the number one jersey. If they can still get three on twos at the end of a you know a block play in Darius Boy, Darius Boy is still going to be good enough to to execute, execute the play yeah. and score a try. Yeah. It probably makes him more of a as long as they play to a structured game planning and create those overlaps. He'll give him an opportunity to score three or four tries. So it makes him better defensively, given his chat, and it makes and, him and better mm. offensively in attack, well, given his well, three Well, I'm a huge Tom Dearden fan. I think he's the, he's the halfback for the future. So he'll steer him around and put him in positions. It's just, mm. again, it's a matter of what the rest of the team do. Um, they were good for 40 minutes last week. They fell apart. Yeah. 
geez, they, they can't take a setback because they fell apart at halftime last week and then got blown off the park. So if they're in this challenge, and what the Sharks do really well or don't do really well is there's normally about 40-plus points scored in, this, in every Sharks match that he's played. So you, they're going to give you a chance to... They'll score plenty, but they'll give you a chance to also to score plenty yourselves. Well, the Sharks' casualty board, a bit like the Broncos, is stacked at the moment. Let's look at the soft tissue injury, injuries that have been hindering the men from the Shire. So Josh um, Dugan is returning this week. Jesse Ramian has been named. Matt Moylan has been missing the last few uh, weeks with a hamstring injury. Andrew Fafita the same. And the big news this week, uh, Chad Townsend set to miss four to six weeks. Uh, Robbie, will this be another season where the Sharks' finals chances are crushed? crushed due to, to key injuries at a bad time of the year. Yeah, well, it seems like they have a lot of these soft tissue injuries, the Sharks, to, to some key players. You know, Moylan, Dugan, uh, they seem to be repetitive sort of injuries. So, yeah, we've spoken about it at length through the year with, with Moylan and, um, you know, the injuries he keeps having. And, look, they need, it, they need their best 17 on the park this season if they're going to do anything and, and make a push towards yeah. the finals. So... You just can't replace that calibre of player that we see missing there and expect to beat your best week in, week out. They're doing a great job at the moment. Uh, how long that can last, I'm not too sure, but you know, they need to sort out those issues and get those boys back on the park. All right, the Roosters, they're doing a great job at the moment. They kick off Saturday Arvo footy against the Gold Coast Titans. This game also at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Co-captain Boyd Cordner, well, he is missing again after he suffered a head knock in training last week. It was his second concussion of the month. He is expected to return in the next couple of weeks. So the only change for the Roosters is that Brett Morris is out. Brian Hall gets another chance to search for his first try down under in his 10th NRL match. There could be a big late in for the Gold Coast Titans if AJ Brimson is cleared to play his first NRL match of 2020 after battling a broken back. He's in jersey 21. Elsewhere, Keegan Hickgrave bolsters the Titans' back row after a week out with a shoulder injury, while Sam Lasone returns via the bench. That forces Sam Stone and Jai Whitbread out of the 17. Now, not for the first time this year, Boyd Corner is missing. Uh, it is a, a pretty serious issue when he's getting so many head knocks, but can the Roosters afford to keep resting him, uh, given their run? They've got the Titans, Dragons, Storm, uh, West Tigers, Broncos. Um, he's been battered and bruised this year. He has. Well, he's missed the start of the season because of knee soreness, and they're going to manage him throughout the, system, uh, throughout the season. COVID hit, and now we've got continuous weeks football, no rest, no buys, no state of origin during the season. Uh, and as you said, he, he suffered the concussion at training last week and it's a couple have happened to him this season. So the Roosters pulled him out. They, I, I feel like they've got some huge concerns over him, uh, obviously with the fact that they pulled him out last week. They'll keep him fresh as long as they can to the end of the season. But if you only play two weeks and then miss three weeks, you have no consistency. I know he's a seasoned player, but you fall out of the rhythm of the game. I think it's pretty big concerns for Boyd Cordner at the moment. I'll tell you what, they've got a decent replacement coming. Well, Sonny Bill Williams, he, <laughs> he lands in Australia on Thursday. Uh, we, we stood here and laughed <laughs> yeah. about it and joked that he might well, end up at Bondi uh, with the Roosters. Uh, what, what's a realistic expectation out of Sonny Bill when he, when he does play? Look, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, I saw a couple of the games over there and obviously he was in an understrength Toronto side and he wasn't playing his best football and he's been out of the NRL for, for such a long time. So... I don't think you can expect miracles from Sonny, but I think his sheer presence on the field is going to rub off on the other players, just knowing that he's on there. and He brings that X factor. He can still create something out of nothing. He's, he's such a big body, and uh, yeah, he's a game-breaker. So uh, it's, only, it's only going to improve their side. It's, it's pretty incredible to think that they can bring in someone of Sonny Bill's calibre this, at this stage of the season. Um, 
you know, to help with their push towards the finals. Robbie mentioned what he was doing for Toronto. It yeah. almost looked like he was trying to do too much because he was the big star in the big yeah, game. That's right. yeah. So if he fits in and has to only play 20 or 30 off the bench for the Roosters, is that just the perfect recipe for him? Yeah. He gets on there, mm -hmm. has a couple of carries, maybe a magical offload, but nothing too special? Oh, and he does, he's just got to do his job because, as you said, he's going into a quality roster who are yeah. the be one of the best defensive teams in the competition. They've got some front rolls that will lay the aggression and the foundation. Here comes and gets their preparation right that 24-hour athlete that we know he is. And you're right, if he plays 30 minutes each week and it's a quality 30 minutes, that's not a bad replacement. You, you talk about threats on the field. If you're lining up against the Roosters that week and you see Sonny Bill on the team list, like, you're nervous. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're nervous. Well, you're doing a lot of homework on it. It'll him. help Luke it takes, Keary. It, yeah, it's, he could play the opposite side of Luke Keary and you go, oh, where's the ball going? 100%. Who's getting what? We talk about different points of attack, you know, and, and that's just adding another you know, value to their side, another... Another thing that opposition teams need to, to focus on through the week. Well, everyone would be nervous, but not Brandon Smith, who said during the week that he can't wait to try and rip his head off. <laughs> anyway, focusing on uh, the good, AJ Brimson. <laughs> AJ Brimson. Uh, uh, he loves hope, it. Hopefully uh, he returns. If he does return this week from yeah. a back injury, Noddy, um, it's been a broken back. Yeah. You expect it via the bench, but when he's fit, where does he fit into their spine? Yeah, I'm not too sure, because he's a great player. We saw him the other year come on and, and looked like he was going to be a 5'8". Then they looked like they were going to turn him into the fullback position in, re in preparation for Michael. Gordon's retirement. Uh, Justin Holbrook's probably never seen him play live, never seen him in action. Uh, you, you know, training's a bit different to what happens on the game. So they went out and bought Corey Thompson, which is, I think is a great purchase for him. He'll play fullback. Um, Jamal Fogarty's doing a wonderful job just steering the side around. Um, Ash Taylor, hopefully he feels more relaxed and we'll get the potential out of Ash Taylor. And he could be a great, he could be a great backup dummy half. Yeah. It's, it's a good, to have depth in, the, in that spine is really important in this competition. All right, we've got to move on and look at the second game on Saturday. The Cowboys at home for a second straight week. They're up against the Canberra Raiders at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Let's look at the home side. Connolly Lemuelu makes his return in the centres as Jordan McLean returns for the first time since round seven after battling a calf issue. His front row partner, Josh Maguire, could be a late out if he fails to get, uh, get cleared for a dangerous contact charge at the judiciary tonight. He's facing a one-match ban. Francis Molo and Mitch Dunn drop to the bench while Ben Hampton falls out of the 17. John Asiata and Eason Masters are also on the reserves list. Let's look at the Raiders. We'll start with their pack and there could be a double boost for the Green Machine. John Bateman has been named to play his first match of 2020, while newest recruit Corey Harawira-Naira is named on the bench. Back at the top of the list, Chan's Nickel Klockstad will miss one to two weeks after suffering that nasty compound dislocation of his finger in round 11. So Jordan Rappiner fills in at fullback. He also needs to pass uh, HIA protocol uh, this week for him to be cleared. Curtis Scott returns after being dropped, then picking up an infection in his hand. Josh Papali and Joe Tarpany are waiting to see if they'll get clearance to enter Queensland without a flu injection. Elsewhere, Hudson Young is at lock, while Harley Smith-Shields and Kai O'Donnell could be late in if Papali and Tarpany don't play. Now, Noddy, you brought up the stat a couple of weeks ago about second week success for a new interim coach. Let's just see how it compares to their first week in charge. Josh Hano, of course, had a loss last week. He's preparing for his second game in charge of the Cowboys. Those stats there from the NRL era show that there's generally a bounce back. We saw it with the Bulldogs under Steve Georgialis on the weekend. Uh, given they're at home for a second week, the Raiders coming off uh, a, a tight win. Um, Travelling to Queensland, potentially without, without Papali and Tarpany. 
can they cause an upset? I can't believe you doubted that I wasn't telling you the truth, Zach. Well, a couple of, a couple of results of late <laughs> have helped. They still lose most of the time. Yeah, 47. Uh, 47%. They haven't gone to the positive <laughs> yeah, side yeah, yet. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a good occasion for him. Um, it's a huge trip also for Canberra, going from Canberra on the day of the game to, you know, to Townsville to play. Um, if they get... They do get Jordan McLean back. If Maguire's able to get off a suspension, and then you've got Tam Malola, that's a pretty impressive middle three forwards that are coming at you. They've been a little bit poor. The Raiders have been brilliant. They've, they've found two victories the last two weeks. So they've been so brave and tough. Um, you know, how much of that lemon does Ricky keep squeezing? Well, but potentially he's been showing, or perhaps he's been showing all of his troops uh, the, the vision of you riding them off the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, okay, well, I'll go, okay, the Cowboys will win and Ricky will get, it, <laughs> yeah. get him up and say, no, he's got no yeah. idea again. <laughs> three from three. Three from three. No, I, I think it's a tough match. I think it's a really tough match. I, I think the Raiders win it um, in a close one. Um, again, yeah, as you said, like Rapana, the fullback position's cursed a bit in the way from last week. Rapana, that head knock was, was, was pretty bad. They found a different way to play. Havili comes on. Um, Starling does a good job. So they've, 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 they're playing a different style of football than what they did with Josh Hodgson, but they're playing tough. Yeah, and they oh. get. I, th I think the travel is a big one. I think earlier oh. in the year the Raiders really struggled with the travel on game yeah. day. That their away form was pretty poor yeah. early on in the season. So to go up to North Queensland on game day, you know, three hours, three and a half hours, mm. straight to the ground, get warmed up, ready to play a, a tough match. That's going to be the challenge for the Raiders this week. All right, John Bateman coming off uh, shoulder surgery. Corey Harawiranaira has been serving suspension all year. They could play for the Green Machine this week. Yep. What can we expect out of them? Oh, look, it just adds a lot of experience. We've, we've spoken about the Raiders and their injury, injury worries of the last few weeks. Um, yeah, that's tested their depth. So to get a player like Bateman back, uh, his experience, he's someone that knows the system. He's been around down there you know, for the last couple of years. And then Harawira Naira, uh, obviously you know, full of talent. He's been out of the game for a while. He's going to want a point to prove as well. Uh, it's a fresh start for him. So he's going to want to impress Ricky in his first match. So... Look, I think it's just a bonus to add those two guys to the team at a time where the Raiders are struggling for troops. Yeah, it helps. You know, you talk about George Williams and Jack White, and they're both running halves. If these guys are back rollers that love to run in the holes, mm. the more of them you got running off you, the more attacking options you're going to have. It, it just makes you a better attacking side. Okay. They've missed them for a few weeks. All right, got to look at the uh, big game or the, the main game on Saturday night. The Manly Seagulls against the ladder-leading Penrith Panthers. This one is at Lotto Land. Uh, let's look at the home side. Sean Kepi replaces Jack Kijewski on the bench in what is the only change for Des Hasler's men, although Dylan Walker has been named in Jersey 19. The playmaker is pushing to return from a broken ankle he suffered against the Raiders back in round six. For the Panthers, Viliami Kikau returns to the back row after missing the win over the Titans with a calf issue. Isaiah Yo shifts the lock and Tyro May drops back to the bench. Api Corosau is an outside chance to return from an elbow injury against his old club. He's been named in Jersey 18 and after serving a two-week quarantine period for try hero on debut, Charlie Staines comes back onto an extended bench. Not in the last few weeks we've been speaking about the importance of Daly Cherry Evans, but yeah. what about the vision? Uh, what about the the form of this man? We'll roll the vision uh, this week. Kate Cust. Yeah, he's such a competitor. You know, we, we've seen him come through the systems. He's a low grade player. Um, he really loves running the ball. You know, which Daly Cherry Evans does do as well. Uh, he's tough. He gets in your face. Um, he takes a lot of pressure off DC. 
Um, I, I think he's a really good 5'8". I think it also would allow Dylan Walker maybe to spend some time in the centre's position, which is traditionally where he did play a lot of his games. Here, Then you get a strike centre. And Cus could also spend a little bit of time at dummy half, the style of play that he is. So I think he's a, he's a really good uh, keep player for the Manly side. But I, I just feel at the moment 5'8 is the best position in the makeup they've got. All right, Manly will hope uh, they can knock off the ladder-leading Panthers, but it won't be an easy job. Look how far the Panthers have come over the last 12 months. They say it's a long time in rugby league. Uh, their win and loss rate uh, compared to last year, they're on fire this year. Look at the points for and the points against. They've made drastic change, and the biggest one there this time last year, they were 15th. This year, they're first. Another interesting stat is they've only conceded 10 points across all 11 matches in the opening 20 minutes this year. So only 10 points across 11 games. Now, Ivan Cleary, after their win on the weekend, said, uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the changes we've made. It's not the time or the place. So what has been the big improvement around Penrith this year? Why are they so good? Yeah, I think it's obviously a combination of things. Ivan's second year, he's been there for 12 months. They, they start to understand the coach. I think Trent Barrett and the work he's done on their attack I think their attack has come on in leaps and bounds. I think last year they really struggled to score points. Then we've seen the emergence of guys like Stephen Crichton, uh, Brenton Nadens, you know, 12 months on. Liam Martin's come into the back row, who's, who's been unbelievable for them as well. And their recruitment, I think, Appy Corrissau is a big one. For me, uh, the, uh, the improvements that he's made to that side, not only with his form, but the way he's affected. Like we've seen Nathan Cleary in career best form, and yeah. I think that's a lot to do with Appy Corrissau coming into the dummy half role there at Panthers. Some, qu some critics question Ivan Cleary's stake in terms of coaches in the game. Some people said he was just a development coach and a rebuild coach. Has this year proven that he's, he's well more than that? You oh. get him the right roster and he, he can lead potentially a team to a premiership. Yeah, well, there's still a long way to go. Premiership's still a long way away. You know, they're travelling well at the moment, but you know, we're going to get to the business end of the season and then I guess we'll see... You know, how well the Panthers are going when they're coming up against some quality opposition. So well, I think it's a real danger game for the Panthers this week. We saw the, the Eagles a couple of weeks ago really ambush Parra at, at Brookie Stadium. And I think it's got the potential to do that again this weekend. This is a chance. This roster is great, as you said. The development's been first class. He's brought in good coaches, which sometimes yeah. coaches don't do. They feel a bit threatened, so they bring in less experienced coaches. Cameron Serrato was a first-grade coach caretaker, it was, 18 months ago. He's your defensive coach. He's got good people around him. It's probably a chance now for Penrith. Probably this is their. Is it? Can you say it's a premiership window with the oh, roster yeah. they've got? Is this a, a big three to five year plan that Penrith have put in place? They've got it all there. They've got to become premiers once or twice over this five year period, and then that makes Ivan Cleary a great coach. Doable? Yeah, I, oh, it's, it's doable. They got. Yeah. They definitely got yeah. the side. Uh, they got the runs on the board. They're in great form, mm. uh, but there's still a long way to go. So yeah, I, I think Noddy's right. You know, all the ingredients are there for them to win the premiership this year. Now they just got to go on and do it. Well, we can't wait for this mouth-watering matchup at Lotto Land. If you can't get down there as a fan of, or a member of Manly, you can catch it on Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, uh, using the KO uh, app, or right here using the Telstra Live Pass. All right, pushing on to Sunday Arvo footy, the Bulldogs against the Eels, another battle of the West. Let's look at the Canterbury side. Former Dragon Tim Lafay has been sworn straight into the Bulldogs starting 13 after rejoining his old club last week. His return sees Kerrod Holland drop out. Jack Cogger and Suwaso Su are the new men on the bench with Renoff Tuamunga missing the 17. After suffering a heavy knock trying to tackle his former Tigers teammate Russell Packer last week, Ryan Madison has been named in the back row pending results from further HIA testing this week. Kane Evans has been named for the first time since round five after dealing with a calf issue. 
Oregon Kafusi is also back on the bench returning from a broken hand. So Brad Takarangi and Stefano Okutamano, uh, sorry, Yutoi Kimano um, drops out. Sorry about that. Uh, got to push on. Uh, the Bulldogs, Kieran Foran, uh, it, was a, it was a great performance by the Bulldogs against the Knights, but he showed his class. Given his plan for his future, can he help the Dogs avoid a spoon this year? Yeah, I think so. I think the Dogs, uh, we've spoken all year about you know, their side and what they lack in talent, I think they make up for an effort. You know, their effort all year has been outstanding, and I thought on the weekend, at a high completion rate, they, they played wet, wet of, weather footy a lot better than the Knights did, and that was on the back of Kieran Foran's game, and, and I thought he led them really well with his kicking game, and his running game as well. So, you know, the Dogs are a proud club. They're not going to want the wooden spoon. Uh, you know, they're edging closer to 14th and 15th and 16th. So, look, I think if they're going to avoid the spoon, uh, that's going to be off the back of, of Kieran Foran's form for the rest of the year. Cowboys, Warriors, Titans, Broncos, two points clear. Who finishes with the spoon? Oh, at the moment, I'm thinking the Warriors are leaning towards that way. They're running out of troops. It's got to ask for clubs. Will, as we get closer to the finals, clubs will pull back their loan players because they'll start to get very self-interest around what their performance and preparation looks like. Um, Kieran Foran, the thing about Kieran Foran is you don't need to play big, like lots of triple cutouts and big passes to play a lot of football. I felt the Dogs, their attack was always pretty poor, we said, but now they pass the ball a little bit more. They've, they've scored more points last week. I think they'll, they'll be... There's probably a spring in their step at the moment with the confidence, with the victory. They'll go in against this clash against Parramatta and go, you know what, let's back ourselves. Let's, let's cause some upsets here and, and, and get ourselves off that bottom of the ladder. And then that pushes George Alice who has said he wants to stay at Canterbury next year when Trent Barrett does come in to be a part of Trent Barrett's staff. They've had some form against the Eels of late. I think they beat them last year at Bank West and then round one this year was a, a really close, tough game as mm. well. So you know, they'll take a lot of belief going into this weekend. All right, the Parramatta Pack has been on a roll this year. Much of it thanks to Regan Campbell-Gillard in recent weeks. Some of these numbers, when we're compiling them today uh, over the last five weeks, are astronomical. So playing uh, more minutes... Running uh, for more than 100 metres more a game, uh, more, way more post-contact metres, and he's getting through way more um, defensive work as well. So when you look at those numbers, Noddy, can he maintain this for the rest of the year and, and can Parramatta keep their role on? Oh, you'd hope so, yeah. You know, the first couple of weeks when he made his debut, I thought it was a little bit poor uh, pre-COVID, and then he's come back, and since then, as you said, the last month of football has been the enforcer, the leader. Um, he's super fit. Uh, a few years ago, I thought he was the best front rower in the game. Uh, he broke, fractured his cheekbone, playing Origin, played for Australia. So he's getting back to that form. They, they play that style of football so well, Parramatta. They're tough. They're in your face. He plays big minutes. It, it, it's a good signing. It's a big signing for him, and he's lived up to potential. As Noddy said, he was one of the best props when he was playing for Australia and New South Wales a few years ago. Where does he fit amongst the elite now? Well, I think he's, he's the best front row in the game at the moment. You know, his minutes, uh, as you said, his post-contact metres, his, his running, his work, uh, work rate, uh, if he keeps up this form, I think we'll see him back in the origin side towards the end of the year. And, you know, for me, I think a lot of the credit at Parramatta is going to guys like Clint Gutherson and, and Dylan Brown and the spine. But for me, what he's done for that side, him and Junior Paul up front, have really laid the platform and the foundation for, for what they've done this year. Okay, so best prop and best moustache by far. We all agree <laughs> on that. Yeah, Easily the best moustache. Yeah, easily the best yeah. moustache. Yeah. All right, we've got to push on. Who's got the second best moustache? I'll just put you straight on the spotty for research. I don't know who's got it. Uh, Why don't we grow our mows for the rest of the year oh. on the show? 
I'll just get my eyebrows to come down for a break. And I'm <laughs> Let's push on to the last game uh, of round 12, Indigenous round in the NRL. The Storm take on the Knights. This is on the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Uh, Marianne Seve is back in the centres for Melbourne as Tom Eisenhuth returns to the bench after overcoming a hamstring injury. Jesse Bromwich could be a massive in. The prop has been named in Jersey 21 as he pushes to come back from a knee injury. The Knights, Adam O'Brien has chosen Chris Randall at hooker after the Knights sadly lost Andrew McCulloch and Connor Watson for the season. Aidan Guerra is back in the starting side with Sione Mataudia sidelined. Interestingly, Tex Hoy has been overlooked as the utility option on the bench, so Phoenix Crossland has been chosen there instead. Josh King is also on the bench in what will be his first match in the NRL of 2020. Uh, the battle of the Ferraris, the Ferraris face-off. Ryan Pappenhausen against Caelan Ponga, the former uh, teammates or touch comrades back in the day. Uh, they're still good mates now. When you go through the numbers, tries, try assists, line breaks, um, very similar. Tackle breaks more for Caelan, probably a lot to do with his uh, left and right foot step and metres uh, very similar per game. Robbie, which of these men um, needs to have or win this battle to ensure their team wins on the weekend? Oh, I think Caelan Ponga, I think... Uh, for Newcastle to win this game, they need him at his best. Whereas Pappenhausen, I think, just kind of fits into the, the Storm system. There's so many points of attack for them with Cameron Smith, Jerome Hughes. Pappenhausen just kind of chimes in when he needs to. Whereas you know, Ponga, Ponga is one of Newcastle's main playmakers. Him and Piercy, obviously now with uh, you know, the lack of hookers that they have in the yeah. squad, there's not going to be a threat out of nine as well. So Caelan Ponga really needs to step up, not only with his running game, but his ball playing uh, this weekend against the Storm. And, and you'll imagine the Melbourne Storm will look at that. There's no McCulloch, no Connor Watson, yeah. so there's no real threat. So their A defender might get a little bit wider. They can mm. now actually say, well, there's Mitchell and there's Caleb. Let's put a lot of pressure around there. you still got to lock up the ball. Like, Clamour and, and, and Siafidis and those blokes go forward's important. They don't offer many second-phase football Newcastle. Without the dummy half threat, Melbourne's such a well-drilled team that they'll, they'll come up with ways of stopping mm. Caleb or stopping Mitchell because... Technically, there's that none of that threat around dummy half. We spoke about Penrith, why are they going so well? The threat of Coruscant around the dummy half. The, Smith, the threat of a guy called Cameron Smith around dummy half. Mm. It just puts the markers in that as a defender's a little bit on nerves, which means as a ball player, you can get a bit of wider away from the, the defence, you've got more room, and you've got more time. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big concern for the Knights moving forward. Obviously, they, they signed Braley early in the yeah. year, and, and we said how, how good he was going to yeah. be for them. Yeah, he's gone down injured. McCulloch's gone in, come in, a lot of experience. Now he's gone, Connor Watson gone as well. So that's going to be a real problem for the Knights moving forward. Just on that though, so Chris Randall got his shot uh, back in round three against the Panthers, set a record for a debutant uh, in his first match, 71 tackles. So he got through heaps of work. So you're one of the best hookers to have played our game. I'll put you on the spot. What's your message to him, given he's not McCulloch, he's not Watson, he's not Braley, doesn't have Look, that experience? First and foremost, he's got to make his tackles and, and we've mm. seen that he can do that. Uh, secondly, for him, it's just going to be about his service um, to Mitch Pearce. You know, obviously, he's got a dominant halfback there. So, um, you know, for him, he's just got to keep it simple, take his opportunity when he, you know, when he, to run when he can, when there's one marker. He's still got to provide some sort of threat. He can't just be there to shovel the ball and, and to make his tackles. Otherwise, you know, he's not going to be a threat. The markers aren't going to be worried about him. So he's got to run when he sees an opportunity, but he's got to give good service to the halves as well. So back yourself. Back yourself. The first, that was a debut match. It's probably easy to get up on your debut match yeah. and have that adrenaline of excitement. He's now got eight weeks of football to play, and he can't. I wouldn't think he'll play 80 minutes, which is probably why Phoenix Crossland's on the bench and not Tex Hoy. And not Tex Hoy because he'll play a bit of dummy half role. I'd look at a guy called Nelson Asofa Solomana. Mm. No thanks. No. Nah, good luck.
But that's that's like they'll find him out at some stage. Yeah. You know, and again, that's you talk about the depth of the sides, the challenges. Newcastle, I know, will say we've got no excuses. Like Canberra winning without their dummy house bits and pieces, but it's a big ass now. Okay. All right. Make sure you tune into all the footy this weekend from home via Nine, uh, Foxtel, KO, Sky New Zealand, all right here using your Telstra Live Pass across the NRL network. All right. Uh, prediction time. Uh, both wrong. I'll remind you last week, Robbie. Uh-huh. Uh, are you going to get it right this week? <laughs> all right. I'm keeping it nice and simple this week. Indigenous round. Blake Ferguson to score his first try of the year. Love it. I think there'll be. We've had lots of blowouts. I think there's going to be eight extremely close matches this round. And I'm going to say one will go to Golden Point. At least one. Extremely close. How many points are we talking about? Oh, I've got 12 points or less will be every victory margin. 12 isn't extremely close. I think we need a close. Oh, hang on. There's been 20 plus, 24 plus. There was a 48-4 the other day. That's not close. Fishing in a big pond there, Noddy. I'm on Team Robbie today. Mm. Sorry. I've uh, got to push on uh, inside the NRL. We'll Just be back. Just pull your eyebrows back this way. We'll be oh, back. Wow. Getting back to the centre. Wow. Uh, inside the NRL, we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, Katie Brown's back after she made her stellar debut for the Rabbitohs uh, last weekend in the first uh, rugby league match. Uh, Michael Chambers, Katie Brown, and Jamie Soward will be back from uh, Monday at 5 pm to go through all of the big news out of Indigenous Round. As I said, this round. Uh, for Indigenous Round. We're calling on our fans uh, to learn about the traditional custodians of the land in which they live and they were born in. It's an important message to to understand the true culture of our Indigenous Australians. So with that in mind, uh, we say see you later, we'll see you next week, but we'll leave you with this. The land on which we stand today connects the stories of our past, our present and our future. If we want to move forward together, we need to journey back and pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land. Pass back. Move forward.